1: Welcome back to the First Cup Podcast here on CBS Sports. It's U.S. Open Week. That's Kyle Porter. I'm Chip Patterson. Kyle Porter is going to reach us from so many different places in this country during this week. And, Kyle, this particular place, uh, we've got just bad, bad storms in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Power's knocked out at the content shed. And so this is Kyle Porter, whose name is on this podcast, sweating it out. To get you the first cut content that you need, let me begin this podcast by saying thank you,
2: Kyle, for your service. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, Chip. I've got, I've got phones plugged into computers, plugged into. Pho- I feel like I'm running some sort of like shell game, circular, uh, like just, just I, I don't know what's going on, but we're connected, we're talking, I can hear you. Um, I was at a Starbucks at like six this morning trying to grind out U.S. Open content. Um, so, yeah, we're making it. I'm ready. I'm, I'm about ready to be at Pebble, though. I'm, I'm ready to head out there. I think that
1: the uh, circumstances of Pebble Beach, the Monterey area, will be significantly less apocalyptic and more posh by the time <laughs> you get there. I mean, the upgrade that you're going from powerless Dallas to just, I mean, are you in the media hotel like the official. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. man. Yeah. Your life is don't don't tell your family how nice your life is about to be in about two days.
2: I, I've been trying to not talk about it. Every time I talk about it, my wife's like, yeah, OK, that's sounds like fun. Should be should be good for you. You and Sean Martin on the beach
1: just <laughs> going through workouts in the morning. All right. uh, <laughs> Listen, we we addressed the the circumstances of uh, the taping of the podcast, but we need to accelerate quickly because one of the um, like v- nuts stuff on Sunday at um oh at the Canadian Open because we had like 59 watch we had what like maybe even 58 watch by the time Rory McIlroy was at like the 13th or 14th hole as he's coming down the stretch uh finishes with a bogey it's a 61 uh, and, and like to even back up a little bit 64 on Saturday to put himself in that position 61 to close it out and, and really just lap the field it looked like you know Webb Simpson uh, his playing partner for the round they're within a stroke or two of each other in the first five or six holes and then really quickly you know it's that it's that moment where you go from really trying to to kill and beat your playing partner to just being amazed at what's happening and that you get to have a front row seat to it I I What what sort of your, um, is it celebration? You know, what's what's sort of the lingering thought in your head uh, after a really, really impressive Rory McIlroy performance?
2: Well, I thought it was funny because if you can shoot a 61 in the final round and win by a touchdown and it still feel like a letdown, that's sort of what Rory did, and I and I realize that sounds ridiculous, but when you're on like 50, I mean, we were we had our group chat going, and and somebody in it was like uh, he might shoot 57. <laughs> I mean, he's he's 10 under with, or I think he was nine with like five to go, and you're you're just thinking like, I mean, it, is what's in play here? And then he and then he goes par, bogey, eagle, bogey over the last four. And, and it was sort of like, Oh, you know, okay. Uh, 61. Yeah. You know, but, but like that, that's the thing, right. Is like, and and Sean Martin made this point. I thought it was a really good point. He said he got a lot of blowback for it, which I don't, I don't know why I thought it was excellent. He, He said Rory is like, like he's got the Fred couples cursed or when he is, when he's rocking it, and Rory put like the, the way I think one of his tells like he plays so fast whenever he's locked in you're like wait a second like he's already on you know the next hole like it, it, he he just he doesn't even like think about what he's doing um but but when it whenever like he just Sean's point was he makes it look so easy that whenever he doesn't play well. You, it, he makes it look so easy that you forget golf is hard. Right. And so when he doesn't, when he doesn't play well, it doesn't, it like doesn't make sense. And, and you're just like, this guy's like, you know, I, I, I don't, let, let me pull it up. Cause I don't want to misrepresent what he was saying, but d- do, do you get that? Like, does that make sense to you? Do you feel that?
1: No, I was hovering on that uh, comment all weekend. And it was, uh, he makes it look so easy, and I don't have the tweet pulled up, but I think it is, uh, he makes it look so easy that we expect it all the time.
2: Yeah, so he said, it's actually a curse to make it look so easy. You make people forget how hard it really is, so they expect it from you all the time.
1: Yeah. No, I was I, and, and- I, I, that stood out to me. It was a lingering thought through the weekend, and it had me going back to the idea that um, – we need to we need to understand that yes in the in the micro these Rory heaters do have a little bit of the Fred couple's curse but you know to back it up a little bit and to look where he's been at since January and you know the stuff that you've been screaming about in terms of like <laughs> you know being just just wildly overlooking the idea that he won the freaking players championship that he's got what now uh, 11 top 10s and 13 events started. I mean, the there is so much to suggest that this isn't just like a micro heater, but a macro heater. And we're watching one of the world's top golf talents have some of his best form that we've seen in a couple years.
2: Yeah, totally. And, and I want to touch on that in a second. But first, on the round, he had... So he had nine birdie putts and an eagle. Is that right? And then two bogeys. Yeah, that adds up. Nine birdie putts and an eagle putt. And one of those putts was over eleven feet. Dialed, Just one dialed in. The other, the other ten, or the other, uh, the other nine, were from eleven feet and in. Like you don't, you don't even, I mean, and he putted well. I think he was top ten in putting. But you don't, you don't even have to put well. You can put average and you still win. And so when he puts well, win by seven. And we'll get to stat of the day later on. I mean, it, the, the way that he wins sometimes, you're just like, it's... And, and, and that's what Sean's referring to. Like, he, may, he he looks so much better than everybody else that when he doesn't do it, you're like, oh, what's wrong with Rory? Well, nothing. And 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 that that's sort of my point. I put this out on Twitter on Monday morning. So Rory's at 2.7 strokes gained uh, on the field right now. That would be the best number for a PGA Tour season since Tiger in 2009. So he, he's having and, – and, and I've been hollering about this, like you said, for the last two months. Like Jack Nicholas said this at Memorial. He said, you know, Rory – I can't remember his exact wording, but he said something like, Rory's had a tough last two or three months. <laughs> and, and I'm just screaming at my TV, like what what are we watching? Like we can't like we can't do this thing and act like – people just get so bought into these – oh, I can't close, can't close, doesn't have it on Sunday, doesn't have it. It's like do, did the Players' Championship not happen or did it happen? Like, because I, I, I watched it. I'm pretty sure it happened. And I don't know. Like, I feel like people, I, I put it out on Twitter today and people are coming at me. All oh, stats don't matter. Stats, you know, the, the, the people just like, wins are all that matter. Kepka's the man. And it's like, okay, well, maybe stats aren't everything, but they do. <laughs> Strokes gain is an, has an incredibly strong correlation with who the best golfers are and who, like the guys that have the most wins. And so we can't act like the strokes game thing doesn't matter at all, especially when you're that far ahead of everybody else. There's only four guys over two, and he's almost at three. And uh, he's having the most effective season in terms of that category since Tiger in 2009 and the best season he's ever had in that category.
1: So, um, let's see. When was the CJ Cup? Uh,
2: that that's late? a That's a interesting question uh october
1: okay so rory's got more wins than uh than brooks does since january i know if, if wins are if wins are everything rory's got more i i just counted them up i think brooks, brooks cap only has one win since january nobody,
2: nobody has more wins nobody has made more money in 2019 than rory on the pga tour um, so I, I, I just, I, I don't know what to tell people. Like I get it. The majors matter. They matter more than everything else. I, I don't, I, I am, I am in that camp. I get that, but we can't, we can't do we, I mean, does, does, does the rest of the PJ true season not matter at all? Why don't, why do we even cover it? Why watch? What's the point? Well, or, or does, or does this stuff matter at least a little bit? I mean, it, if the rest of the PGA tour season doesn't matter, then DJ is not good. Like, he's not a good player. So, is that, I mean, is that the road we want to go down? I just, I don't know. Like, some of the stuff that people have been talking about today, it's like, what are we doing? Like, it, you can't, like, this, this stuff matters. Like, winning matters. Um, I know it doesn't matter as much as winning majors, but it, it can't not matter at all.
1: So let me uh, challenge you on this. At least the idea that we are having these discussions and these debates and that these takes, whether they are wrong or misguided or they have they lie with their priorities in different buckets than you or I or others do. The, the fact that we've got enough great golfers to have these fights is a very good thing.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and I, I think, you know, there were... Several texts being thrown around on Sunday of of uh, how funny is the 74-75 miscut going to be for Rory at Pebble next week? And look, hey, he's missed three in a row at the U.S. Open. I would not be surprised at all if he missed it. And and I think certainly there's a narrative there of like, okay, Rory wins when it you know he wins non-majors and then Brooks wins the majors and. That's a thing, like and and it's and it's real, like it's a real talking point. I'm in on that talking point, but we we can't we can't just use that all the time, especially when Rory's going out and winning. I mean, Canadian Open was a good field. He won the players championship. I keep going back to I feel like people like are acting like the players championship did not happen. And the fact that DJ and Fleetwood and Furick are all there on Sunday and Rory holds them off and closed, I feel like, Maybe I'm crazy, but it, it it feels like people are acting like that never happened or the fact that it was like five years ago. That was less than three months ago. That was like 95 days ago that that happened and it's been part of this season long run from Rory that's been, I think, among the most impressive of his career, you know, and, and yeah, the major thing hasn't happened. He had he didn't play great at Augusta. He didn't start great at Bethpage. But if he keeps playing the way that he's playing, like he's gonna run, he's gonna, he's gonna find himself in the middle of some majors and 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 run into a win or two over the next three or four years.
1: You, I mean, I I will stand by my point. You know why no one talks about the players?
2: Because it happened on selection Sunday. Yeah. The entire sporting
1: yeah. world was dialed into Selection Sunday and the debate over who the one seeds are going to be and just like – just I mean, we like we obviously are a huge part of it. And I know it because I was covering college basketball at on that day like very vaguely aware of what was going on with Rory McIlroy. And I, I think that a lot – I think that that is one of – that is my uh, one thing that I'm going to take away – Uh, moving forward from this readjusted schedule, it's not necessarily having the PGA Championship in May. It's the fact that uh, the players fell on selection Sunday, and that has greatly changed the way that not the golf fans, but at least the average sporting public tunes into that tournament.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's interesting. Real quick, I want to read you the top 15 in strokes gained right now because I feel like people are just like – Either they don't get strokes gained, or they don't understand the context. Like the like strokes gained is is, is uh I, I get it. It's not a it's not winning. Like it's not a win. It's not it doesn't you don't get trophies for strokes gained, but it's the best measure that we have of who is going to to win golf tournaments. Who's going to give themselves the most opportunities? T- top fifteen right now, in order: Rory, DJ, Cantlay, Scott. J.T. Hideki Tiger Fleetwood Kuchar Rose Webb Xander Ricky Brooks Jason Day, I mean, <laughs> and the fact that the Rory is so far ahead of everybody else on that list, like I, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Like it's that it's just a direct correlation of who is uh, gonna win the most golf tournaments are, are the guys on that list. So it is what it is. Accept it or don't accept it. I get that wins don't equal or strokes gained don't equal wins. But they do lead to wins. And if you want to know who's going to win tournaments, just look at that list.
1: And now it's time for Stock Up, Stock Down, brought to you by TD Ameritrade. We are coming off of uh, a busy weekend at the Canadian Open. So for Stock Up, Stock Down, first want to turn our attention to Graham McDowell. Graham McDowell, don't forget, won the U S open at Pebble beach and this week at Canadian open, uh, he secured a spot in the open championship, which will be at Royal port rush. And so like Rory McIlroy, there's going to be a lot of, you know, home country feels going on. Um, what, what's our, what's, what is our stock up, stock down, our stock analysis of Graham McDowell?
2: I mean, it's up for me. It's a cool story. He, uh, I didn't realize this chip, but he hasn't played in an open since 2016. Uh, I mean, I, I, you know, he hasn't been playing the best golf of his life the last few years, but I, I, I didn't realize that he hadn't actually played in an open since 16 Port rush means a ton to him. Uh, he's been talking about it. Other people have been asking him about uh, asking him about it for the last few months. So for him to do it and to do it the way he did making a 30 footer on the last hole, if he doesn't make that, he falls into a tie for, I think it would have been 10th uh, and, and it was the, the way that you get into the Open, out of the Canadian Open, it was top three that weren't already qualified, and he would have fallen into a tie with some other guys that were not qualified. So I, I don't know how that would have worked out, but uh, this locked it up, and he'll be one of the feel-good stories going into Portrush here in a month.
1: All right, so what about Graham McDowell at Pebble?
2: I. Uh, <laughs> I just
1: right. Right. I think I'm about to be asked this on CBS sports HQ on the noon show. And, uh, and I was like, I mean, yeah, Cool. (laughs) Good for him. Like, I mean, yes, of course. Like for all the struggles that he's had in recent years, the fact that he's in the open, the fact that he got a high finish at the Canadian open and he did it in dramatic fashion. That is all great. I understand that on his profile, it does say that he won at this course, but I am not moving him up my power rankings for the 2019 U.S. Open.
2: Well, but this is sort of, I mean, this tells the story of where we're at right now, right? Is like if once you get outside that top fifteen, the top, the basically the fifteen guys I mentioned that are leading in strokes gained. Once you get outside of that, you're like, I mean, I, I guess Kevin Kisner could win the U.S. Open, you know. I, I, I guess Kevin Streelman could win the U.S. Open, but they're not going to, you know. <laughs> right. And so, like to me, McDowell just kind of falls in that now. Whether, the, however, that plays out, I have no idea. Like Kevin Stroman might win the U.S. Open, but I, I don't know how I can uh, honestly look at the field and look at where guys are at and be like, "Yeah, I'm in on Ke- on Kevin Stroman this week," and that's that's always been true, right? Of 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 golf at the highest level, but I feel like it feels like it's more true right now maybe than it's ever been and maybe that's because we have more stars playing at, at a higher level than ever before
1: and one more stock up stock down here brought to you by td ameritrade uh one of those stars certainly the one of the biggest in the sport right now brooks kepka uh t50 in this performance at the canadian open uh he seemed to really shrug off any issues he had his driver got a little bit little bit right one quite dialed in there but i i i you know, he, he did not seem to have a lot invested going into the week. He also, in previous years where he went on to win the U.S. Open when he was playing at the St. Jude, didn't have, you know, wild, stellar, top-10-type finishes there either. So I'm I'm hesitant to adjust my stock, Kyle, but do you think that there's something from Kepka's performance at the Canadian Open uh, that changes the way that you're power rating him going into Pebble Beach?
2: Yeah, I'll go stock down just – a little bit. I mean, I, I look, like, does the Canadian Open matter to him? No. Like, he basically said it didn't, you know, you, you mentioned that kind of going in. But he only broke par one time on a course that wasn't it wasn't that hard, you know. You got Rory going 64, 61. I mean, Rory was, I think, 67, like 67. 69 67 64 61 something like that i mean it's just it's it's an easy course and kept only broke par one time i don't know that that was kind of like oh okay you know now he'll probably still go win pebble and you know he'll have five majors so i i, I have no idea but yeah I'll, I'll go i'll just for for the sake of it i'll go uh stock slightly down slightly
1: down and that was stock up stock down brought to you by td ameritrade coming up on the other side Time to talk about Big Cat.
0: Tiger Woods, Pebble Beach, what it all means and what we're expecting, next. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain? Those numbers do not add up
1: All right, I love the way that in our rundown you uh, you titled this this conversation because I almost want to introduce it like this. Uh, Kyle Porter, Tiger's like not gonna win Pebble,
2: right? That's what I titled the my art, my Tiger article on Monday. Like really? I, <laughs> I, I think it got changed. I actually might have changed it later on. I think I did. Right. I don't, I don't remember what I eventually titled it, but it was uh, 2019 U.S. Open, colon, Tiger's not going to win Pebble, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I, hope, uh, I hope it didn't. Check it out on CBSSports.com. Here's the thing. If Tiger goes Augusta-Pebble within 100 days of each other, the season after making his comeback after four back surgeries, it is not only the sports story of the year, the sports story of the decade, it is, it's the sports story of this century because it winning Augusta, yeah, I mean, obviously it was, it was unbelievable. I still don't have the proper context for it and we're two months out, three months out, whatever. But to do, to go Augusta Pebble, two of the most iconic major venues, two places where he's won. You know, kind of historically, before '97's historic, 2000 at at Pebbles historic, to do that in the same year in this sort of era that he created, I, I just I there's almost no possible way to overstate how unbelievable that would be, or to overrate how just how incredible it would be if he if he did that.
1: See, the thing that is scaring me about this conversation. Um, I was going through, I guess it was last night and early this morning and I I was just starting to collect my bucket of names, right? Like it, you know, whether we're asked for sleepers, whether we're asked for top 10 lock, whether it's going to be our picks to win, whether it's going to be like my, you know, whatever your pool is or whatever your fantasy is. Like I just, I go through and I start pulling up, uh, lots of different statistical categories just, and, and this is sort of my current form research. And I was thinking about stuff that Sean Martin was discussing with us last time about it being, uh, you know, the small greens. What if it turns into a chipping and putting contest? Greens and regulation, proximity to hole. Uh, I started thinking about, you know, all these different categories. And I was going through, I was sorting them. And Kyle, like, forget about the pebble history. Like, forget about even who he is. The name Tiger Woods kept showing up in like the top 10, top 15 of every category that I deemed important to win at Pebble Beach
2: based on the way he's playing
1: this year. It's nuts.
2: I know. I know. And and, and I sort of ran into this going into Augusta. I kept hollering about, look, Tiger's not necessarily scoring. He's not necessarily finishing as high as you would like to see on leaderboards. I think he had like a – I think he finished like – T30, T20 and T10 or something leading kind of leading into the masters. But if you look at the statistical profile and again, like, like you said, just take his name out of it. Just, just erase the name. Just look at the numbers, look at the profile. And, and you're like, wait, what about this guy? Right. (laughs) And, uh, and then you add the name in and you're like, Oh, it's the same guy who's beaten. So he's faced 310 guys at Pebble at us opens. 155 in 2000, 155 in 2010. He's beaten 307 of them. <laughs> three, th- three guys. Ga- <laughs> That's right. Cause in 2010, doesn't he finish like T3? Yes. Yeah, so, th- so three guys have beaten Graham McDowell beat him by three in 10. Uh, your boy, Gregory Havre beating by two in 10 and Ernie L is beating by one in 10. And he, uh, tied Phil beat everybody else. And then obviously beat everybody in 2000. All
1: right. So what's, so he's faced
2: 310 golfers and he's beaten. Repeat that one more time. Three hundred. I guess he's beaten. I guess he's beaten 306 of them and tied one of them and lost to three of them.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah.
2: So he, so he tied Phil lost to three and he's beaten everybody else. Unbelievable. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's crazy, but to your point, like about the numbers thing, he leads the PJ True in Greens and Regulation. Like he's he's first. First. Yeah. He's yeah. the best. Like he, he's hitting greens at an unprecedented clip for like he's he's never hit this many greens in his career. Now you know, you can look at, you can look at proximity to the hole. He's not number one in that. And and you can make, you you can make, you can construct an argument where you're like, okay, well, Pebble's greens are really small. So if you're not hitting it close to the hole, then it, you know, some of those greens in regulation are going to be like in the Pacific ocean. Uh, so I, you know, it's, that's not everything, but it's not insignificant. And, and I think if you look at it's a place where he doesn't have to hit the driver all the time. I just you start to add things up and you're like, wait a second like is it, is this gonna happen again? And uh, I, I don't know man like that was sort of the that was sort of the thesis of my article is like this can't happen, but what if it does?
1: It can happen is the and that and that's that's what you land at the in the article I assume.
2: Yeah, yes. I mean that's the argument I made is that it can happen, but it like it it can't, but it can't. I mean that and that, and that's the that's the whole deal, right? Is that's the fun of it is that there's no possible way Tiger Woods is going to win at the age of forty three, he's going to win Augusta and Pebble in the same year. But look at <laughs> look at all this ev- look at all this evidence that says otherwise. Like the, and and that that juxtaposition, like that that sort of inflection point to me is is what makes this year um so fascinating the fact that it's at pebble everything that Tiger's doing right now i I just i couldn't be more intrigued by it and now it's time for our stat of the day
1: teased a little bit earlier in the show by our man kyle himself what's our stat of the day
2: yeah daniel rapaport had this uh you guys follow him at daniel underscore rapaport r-a-p-a-p-o-r-t Uh, he said four of Rory's 16 PGA tour wins. So 25% have come by seven plus strokes, which is crazy for a golf,
1: for a golf tournament at the professional level to be won by seven strokes is nuts. It's, it's
2: insane. Uh, to, to contrast that only 12 of tigers, 81 PGA tour wins. Did you know he had an 81 PGA tour wins Chip, I've heard that. (laughs) So that's 15%, Rory's at 25%, have come by seven or more. Only one of Phil's 44 wins have come by seven or more. Only one of DJ's 20 wins have come by seven or more. So Rory has done. He has doubled Phil and DJ combined in terms of winning by seven-plus strokes. And I think that, to me, just points back to the, the point that Sean made of, like, when it's on, it is just so on that you can't even believe what it looks like a different – course it looks like a different sport sometimes and that's you know that's why when it's not on or when it's sort of on and 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 I honestly like I think that's some of the reason that that people have said or, or you saw Jack Nicklaus saying like talking about how he's struggled a little bit like he he hasn't but compared to his like ceiling sure like I I get that You know, um, I go back to body language like Rory McIlroy
1: could have a round of 69 going. But in that round of 69, he's like had four miss hits and like three missed putts that kept it from being uh, like a 63. And he's just grimacing and and you see like the opportunities and then he's not able to cash in those opportunities. And the fact that it would happen at a big, uh, a big stage like the PGA Championship, I feel like that's the. Like, like those moments are the ones that are uh, being driven into the minds of the golf fan who is overlooking this dominance at all these other events.
2: Yeah. And I think, I mean, when you're that good, that young, and this is something Spee's running into, it's like, bro, I don't, I don't care what you did it. Colonial. Now I kind of do just because I'm covering the PJ tour week in and week out. But I think the, the average golf fan is like, okay, what did speed do at the U S open? I don't care what he did the four events leading up to that. And that's, there's some, like a lot of that is fair, you know? Um, I can't remember where I was going with that, but that's, that's sort of the unfortunate reality of like having that much success uh, at that age. One of the things that we were talking about on Sunday in our group chat is, is, uh, and I know people love me referencing that all the time, but is wouldn't like how many majors has Rory been like involved, like legitimately involved in on a Sunday since winning Valhalla in fourteen?
1: Well, one of them would be when he was with Patrick Reed. I think I think that's the
2: only one. Okay. I mean you you sort of got it at Carnoustie last year. He ties the lead, he makes that eagle on whatever that was, 15 or 16, that like 50-foot putt. Right. So he he's sort of in that, but but how but you know, how many times is, are you are you looking up and be like, "Oh, Rory, Rory might win this major." It did, it hasn't happened very often. And I think that's where some of the um I think legitimately placed disappointment kind of comes in.
1: Mm. Good stuff. Um, all right, so we are going to be back tomorrow, and with you on Wednesday. Uh, you will by the time we chat again. Are you going to be in? Uh, are you going to be landed in Pebble Beach?
2: Nope. No, I'll be. Uh, I'll be in the the take shed on Tuesday. Hopefully with some some power, some AC. Um, but yeah, we're going to do some storylines. We're going to do some. Uh, I, I rank the field. That's coming out on Tuesday, and then on Wednes for Wednesday's pod, I'll be in Pebble with uh, with Sean Martin. Ooh,
1: follow him on Twitter at Kyle Porter, Kyle Porter CBS. You can follow me at Chip Underscore Patterson. Kyle, thank you very much.
2: Thanks, Joe.